You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. The title of my message today is On Earth As It Is In Heaven. On Earth As It Is In Heaven. So you, you, most of you will know that, that phrase, that stanza, because it comes from uh, the, the Lord's Prayer. So let's go there, Luke 11, verse 2. Jesus taught the disciples, says, when you pray, say, when you pray, say, which is really important because a lot of people think, well, when you pray, you know, you just kind of just go away. And I'm just having a quiet little meditation. And that's a good thing to have quiet meditation. But Jesus was teaching the disciples to pray. He says, when you pray, don't just quietly meditate. When you pray, say. Now, the Bible says that God knows our thoughts before we think them. He knows our thoughts from afar off. The Bible even says that he knows our prayers before we pray them. And yet Jesus didn't say, hey, doesn't matter. God knows what you're going to ask before you ask. Just go through them. He says, when you pray, say. When you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven. I need you to understand that today I want to uh, impart to you a, a teaching that has a revelation attached to it that, it, that from, from when you hear this message, everything is about to shift. Everything is about to go next level in your life. You're going to understand and you're going to not only be able to understand what's going on, but engage towards victory. So when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When Jesus taught that, it wasn't like uh, he taught them to pray, just a nice little kind of prayer on the side. Yeah, I guess, well, I should, probably should teach you how to pray. Look, here's a nice little prayer to say. And then once you're done with that, now let's get back to the real business. The prayer is part of the business. The, the mission is no different to the instruction. The instruction around prayer is the, the, the mission of your life. The mission of your life and my life is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do you know where the kingdom is present? It's very simple. His will is being done. How do you know where the kingdom is resisted? His will is being rejected. Lucifer lost his place in heaven because he said, not thy will, my will be done. So you're in the kingdom when his will is, you're outside when it's, and so I found in my life that I, I, I got saved, but then there were a number of things. I'm like, <laughs> okay, God. And, but I found that anything that I had outside of the kingdom lived outside of his provision and lived outside of his protection. So you will find in this life, the Holy Ghost will lead you in a place where you trust God more and more, where you come to a place where you surrender more and more of your life. Even Jesus at 33 is sweating drops of blood in a garden called Gethsemane, saying, Father, if it's possible for this cup to go by without me drinking it, please. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus had no sin in his life. Jesus had no rebellion in his life, and yet he recognized that he'd reached a, a junction. He, he recognized that he reached a crossroad where he needed to surrender his will of self-preservation 
for the will and the purposes of God for his life. And may I just say to you that that is the continual working of the Holy Spirit, teaching you that you can trust God in the areas of your finances. You can trust God in the area of your relationships. You can trust God in the areas of your friendships. You can trust God in the area of your dreams and your vision. And you, you, you can trust God. God is not a withholding God. He's a God of blessing. He's a good God. And as you trust Him, you'll see His blessing come. Somebody say amen. All right, now come with me to the book of Revelation. Uh, I've been getting lots and lots of pressure. Everyone's like, hey, pastor, when are you going to do like an end time teaching? Are you going to do any end time? Th-? And when I got saved, the church was like right into end times teaching. I got saved in 1986 and there were all these end time preachers around back then saying Jesus is coming back in 1988. I'm like, what? And I got just two years and uh, the two years, that's it. I'm like, oh dear. And, 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 and we had these guys and they would teach end time stuff that the, the generation that saw uh, what happened in Jerusalem in 1948, where Israel became a, a state, it became a nation again after almost 2,000 years of being scattered all over the world. It's a miracle. They came back and in, in 1948 became a nation again. And so the scriptures that these end time preachers were using this was Jesus saying, the generation that sees these things will by, by no means pass away. Till. And so they're like, Jesus is coming back. And I'm telling you, get out of these meetings. And I'm like, oh, I don't even think I'll make it to my car. And you know, the sky's gonna split. And, and uh, or you get into your car, you're like, ah, and you're racing, trying to get home. And yeah, you get pulled over. I'm like, I'm trying to get home before Jesus comes back. And come on. And, but anyway, he didn't come back in 1988. Then they said, well, maybe 50 years can be a generation. It'll be 1998. He didn't come back then. Then they said, it's got to be Y2K. Y2K, everything, you know, is chaos. And uh, then he didn't come back. So it's 2021. He still hasn't returned. However, when Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father and sent the Holy Ghost, literally, ching, ching, we are now in the last days. And the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, it says that, that God is not slow concerning His promise but he's very, very patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everybody. So, he, so God is right now intentionally being patient, getting as many people on board the salvation train as he can. So in saying all of that, I wanna read to you from the book of Revelation because this scripture will encapsulate, it'll give you a picture of what, what is going on in the world on our planet right now. So Revelation chapter 12, verse seven says, and war broke out in heaven. That should sound like an oxymoron. That should sound like, what a juxtaposition. You got heaven and you got war. What? I thought heaven with a peaceful place. <laughs> and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. But they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them any, in heaven any longer. So I want you to notice that the dragon, the devil, fought back with his angels, but there was no longer a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice. I don't like awaken. They're too loud in there. But, well, you're not going to like heaven. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. So when you just kind of underline that in your Bibles. Now salvation... 
and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here in heaven, the angels, a loud voice in heaven is saying, now salvation, the strength of our God and the kingdom of our God and the power of our Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus' death on the cross, by the word of their testimony. They refused to shut up and be silenced or be intimidated. That They spoke up and they declared that what God had done in their life. And they did not love their lives even to the death. Therefore, verse 12, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell therein. And that's why whenever you see people have a near-death experience, Heaven is like a party. Oh my gosh, everyone was happy. There was a bright light and there was music. And, and heaven is a happy because it says, therefore rejoice you heaven. Heaven is rejoicing. But that's only the first part of the verse. <laughs> therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell therein. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Thank God we don't. Oh, hang on, shoot. Uh-oh. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Guess who that's talking to? <laughs> We're the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. So the heaven's rejoicing. Woohoo, party. They're all high-fiving. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy. That's what they're doing up there. But here, it's like woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath. Another translation, great fury, because he knows that his time is little or that his time is short. That his time is short. So the title of my message today is On Earth As It Is In Heaven. On Earth As It Is In Heaven. If, if, if heaven is rejoicing, if heaven is a happy place, it's because in heaven they went to war against evil. I, I don't like this theology. Well, I, I know, I know, but I can't change the Bible to suit your theology. So I've just got to teach what the Bible says. I've just got to teach what the Scripture says. And the Scripture says for heaven to enjoy peace... A war, warfare had to break out in heaven to drive out evil, to drive out rebellion, to drive out the dragon, to drive out the devil, to drive out the serpent, to drive out Satan, to drive out the accuser, to drive out the dissenter, to drive, to drive and Satan was cast out of heaven into the earth. When he was cast down, heaven had peace. When Jesus was teaching the disciples to pray, he taught them to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, you can have peace on earth just like there's peace in heaven if you follow heaven's recipes. Heaven's recipe was they had to engage in spiritual warfare. They had to drive out satanic. They had to drive out demonic. I know, I know that America is a great nation. Uh, I need you to understand, if you look at Australia, Australia is, thank God, they're, they're rising up now. But Australia, many, many nations have already bowed their knee. They've already bowed their knee. 
But I, I know that America is the last hope and the last bastion of freedom. Uh, in this last, this last election, the last election cycle was intentionally rigged and stolen because they know they can't beat America from the outside. So they needed to put a puppet in on the inside who would do their bidding to bring America down from the inside. That's, that's what that's what that was all about. That's why you saw everything stopping and the, the six swing states where Trump was miles ahead over the next few days, votes came in in the middle of the night to, to flip things. But they, they've been trying to teach our kids that America is evil, that America is racist, that America invented slavery. And they cite that our founding fathers had slaves. Well, slavery was common in the world. Slavery is common today. Slavery is common today. For example, the definition of a slave is where you work for somebody else and your labor and the fruit of your labor goes to their credit, not yours. If you have a mortgage, you need to understand you are an indentured slave to whoever, I have a mortgage to US Bank. So the, the first X amount of thousands of dollars per month that I earn, I don't get to keep. It goes to them because I'm indentured to them in exchange for my life and for us to have a home. So you need to understand the concept of slavery is, is a concept of people who could no longer pay their debts went and indentured themselves as a slave to pay off debts. And, and the history of the world has moved like that. When Thomas Jefferson, who owned slaves got his quill and wrote, God has created all men equal. When he wrote that, he sent the death knell saying it has nothing to do with the melanin in your skin, has nothing to do with where you were born, that God has created all men equal. And that from that time on, and if you look at America, she has not moved from freedom to oppression, she has moved from oppression in the world to being the greatest liberator. Right now, our southern border has tens of thousands of people. Trying, they're not trying to get in because we're so oppressive. They're trying to get in to leave oppression to come into freedom. If you're smart, you don't believe the lies that are being told by the, by the, the fake news media. I know that America is great because we just celebrated 20 years of 9-11, 20 years. And when, the, when the, the America was under attack and planes flew into the tower and the, the walls were, the, the, the buildings were coming down, friends of mine who were living in New York said everyone was running, but they had no idea which way they were running. All they knew, they wanted to run away from the Twin Towers. They wanted to run away from the World Trade Center because they saw planes hit the building. They saw them coming down and they were running away from the debris. They were running away from the chaos. People run away from, from disaster. But at the same time that they were running away, what makes America great is we had first responders put on their uniform, many of them who had already finished a shift and gone home or were on their way home, turned around, came back, put their uniform back on. And while everyone was running from the towers, they were running into the towers. They were running up the stairs because they knew there were people trapped. They were running up, not thinking about their own lives. They were running up knowing that there was a high likelihood 
that they would perish, but they put their lives on the line because that was their duty. The, the spirit that makes America great is that selflessness. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this. And he laid down his life for his friend. He was speaking about himself. But I need you to understand, they didn't just lay down their lives for their friends. They laid down their lives for their strangers, for people they had never met. That's the spirit of America. In 1945, the Allied forces defeated Nazi Germany. They defeated the evil war machine that was the Nazi regime. They ended what was, what was denoted as the final solution. Adolf Hitler signed into place a law called the final solution, which was basically the expunging, the genocide, the removing of the entire Jewish race from planet Earth. But America, when America stepped into the war, Churchill came into his cabinet laughing. And Manchester had just been bombed. There was virtually hardly anything standing. Sheffield bombed because they were the two steel producers. London had buildings destroyed. And Churchill comes in with this, this wryly grim. And everything is, everything is, is grim. Everything is kind of forlorn. And in comes Churchill with a big smile. And they're like, why are you smiling? He says, gentlemen, we've just won the war. And they're like, what on earth are you talking about? He said, Pearl Harbor. The Japanese just bombed the Americans. My friends, the war is over. And like, what are you talking about? Hitler's Luftwaffe, the Blitzkrieg, he is taking country after country. He is unstoppable. He says, America, the great sleeping giant, has awoken. The war is over. And within a short time, the war was over. Now, let me tell you, we, the Allied Forces, America with other nations, defeated evil. We defeated evil. Understand, even though evil was defeated, it wasn't dismissed. Even though it was defeated, it wasn't eliminated. If you ever have the chance to go to Krakow, Poland, I want to encourage you to go to Auschwitz. When you go to Auschwitz and you see, you see how these Jewish people were treated, uh, a really great book to, to read is Man's Search for Meaning by Dr. Viktor Frankl. He was a psychologist who survived Auschwitz. When, when, you, when you see the things that they did there, you begin, to, you begin to realize that the human mind can't, can't possibly go to those places of depravity and wickedness without some inspiration, without some, and you begin to see the fingerprints of Satan. You begin to see the fingerprints of evil that could, and you need to understand that even though Himmler and Hitler and Goebbels and Mengele, and even though all of those people are dead, the evil that energized them just looked for an opportune time to find another generation. And right now what we're seeing around the world is we're seeing 
the, the manifestation of the same evil. It hasn't fully blossomed yet. It hasn't fully had its full expression, but we're on the same trajectory. But may I just tell you that in America, people are getting fed up. Right around the world, people are getting fed up. I, I love watching the, the, the protests in, in Paris recently because I'm like, you don't want to mess with the French. We, we had a, an American revolution. They had the French revolution. The difference was the guillotine. I don't know if I want to be messing with the French and egalité, liberté. I don't know if I want to be messing. Anyway, so let me give you three quick thoughts before I get into this. Number one is what I call the fourth dimension. The fourth dimension. The fourth dimension is the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm. A lot of people, you, you and I have been brainwashed to believe that there is only three dimensions, height, depth, breadth, that all that matters is matter, that, you know, if, if you can't put it in a test tube, it's not real, that uh, the all, all, that is, all that is real is matter, is material things. But the Bible teaches us that the material world was formed from the immaterial. Go to the, go to the, the book of, uh, let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. And have a look at what it says. Hebrews 11 verse 3 tells us that everything by faith we recognize or understand that the worlds were formed or framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, the, the visible world was created by the invisible. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, the apostle Paul says, Therefore, set your, set your eyes on the things that are unseen, not the things that are seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are unseen or the invisible realm is eternal. Is eternal. The Bible, Bible teaches us that God created the heavens and the earth, formless void, darkness, Cover the face of the Spirit of God hovering. Then God said, let there be light. When light came, the human eye cannot see until there is light. So God creates the heavens and the earth before there's light. Because God wants you and I to know that everything moves from the invisible to the visible. Everything in this life will move from the invisible realm to the visible. You have an advantage over people that didn't come to church this morning because they don't hear this word. They don't understand that everything in your life moves from an invisible to the visible. Before this building existed in the physical, it existed in the invisible, in the mind of someone that says, we ought to design a building with four floors and, and let's locate it here. And there were schematics and there was plans and there was architectural designs that, that were submitted to a city council to adjudicate, to, to give permission that on this land, on this soil, this building, before it existed in the natural, it existed in the invisible. My iPhone, before my iPhone had apps that I could open up and I could send email or I could you know, keep accounts or I could, you know, research news items on or watch videos on. Before, my, before any of that existed in my hand, it existed in the mind, in the invisible realm, in the unseen dimension of Steve Jobs. Before you physically were born into the world, you existed in the invisible, in the unseen realm, in your mother's womb. A, a, a sperm and an egg came together and you were formed smaller than the human eye can detect. Everything in life moves from the invisible to the visible. Everything. Sigmund Freud, who I don't agree with, was the 
inventor of, uh, or the, he came up with psychotherapy, psychotherapy. And you will find that, that he speaks a lot about trauma. We know that in deliverance, and we know that in church, that a lot of people, the demonic demons come in at the point of trauma. It's throughout the scriptures, and it's just a reality in life. What's very interesting is Sigmund Freud was German or Austrian, but I also speak German. And I understand that the word trauma comes from the German word traum. Traum means dream. Sigmund Freud, as he began to do his psychoanalysis on people, began to discover that, that, that people's physical worlds were a direct reflection of their unseen, their imaginative world. That whether you realize it or not, your subconscious drives almost 99% of the decisions that you make. That there's an opportunity presented, but because of a trauma, you, you say, oh, I want to invest the money, but my dad lost all his money when he was, and so you miss out on opportunities. Because of the trauma of divorce, God can bring the right, God can bring his chosen one, for God can bring you a helpmate, but you, you, you self-sabotage that because you haven't yet dealt with the traum, the dream, the trauma, the subconscious thing, that's why church is so essential because there's a Holy Spirit that operates in the spiritual realm that will deliver you, that will deliver you from being stuck in your trauma, stuck in your subconscious, stuck in your self-sabotage to bring deliverance. I wanted to name this point the fourth dimension because Dr. Cho, who, who a great apostle went to be with the Lord this week. He, he wrote a book called The Fourth Dimension. The largest church ever witnessed on planet Earth. Almost a million members. That They have to hire stadiums to have their, their connect group leaders training. And they have to do it on two separate nights because they have about 45,000 male connect groups. And then the next night they have 60,000. They have to use the overflow of the stadium for the female connect groups. And you're only allowed in, you have to have a pass as a connect group leader. You can't be bringing your friends. It's 45,000 men, then 60,000 women, connect group leaders. And no wonder they're the, the, virtually the whole nation is Christian. He went, but he wrote a book called The Fourth Dimension. Because things happen in the spiritual realm first before they happen in the natural. They happen in the spirit realm before they happen in the natural. And war broke out in heaven. And now he's been cast to the earth. So number two is what I call the reflection battle. The reflection battle. The word for heaven in the Bible is shemaim. So when it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, it's God created Elohim HaShemaim. Bara Berashit Elohim HaShemaim. God created the heavens. The word Shemaim means sky, Shemaim waters. The sky is, or the heavens are the sky waters. The Bible says, as in water, face is reflected. The sky waters are meant to be because the earth and the heavens are meant to reflect one another. 
when Jesus says, here's your mission when you pray, that on earth as it is in heaven, that earth is meant to reflect heaven. Wherever God's will is done, earth looks like heaven and heaven looks like earth. Wherever you see chaos, wherever you see confusion, wherever you see oppression, wherever you see exploitation, wherever you see violence and abuse, wherever you see destruction and tyranny, you need to understand, hmm, heaven ain't there. And we got to get in there. We got to get engaged there. The reason, the reason we came to Salt Lake Lake City is because people, we, we, we were sick and tired of seeing people sidelined by a religion that sided with the same demonic spirits that brought tyranny, that brought oppression, that brought exploitation, that brought abuse. That's not the kingdom of God. The, where the kingdom of God is, it should look like heaven. There should be peace. There should be freedom. So our job, our job is a reflection battle. Our job is, is to... Is to does, does my life reflect heaven? Does my, my family reflect heaven? Does my marriage reflect heaven? Does my business, does my conduct, does my city, does my community? That's our job. Our job is, and we understand that war broke out in heaven. And Satan was cast down. Because Satan is the great resistor. and He's the great opposer of the will of God. Therefore, our job is to drive the devil out. Drive him out of your finance. Drive him out of your family. Drive him out of your body. Drive him out of your, your city. Drive him out of your community. Our job is to identify where is the devil operating. Because heaven and earth are meant to reflect one another. Malachi says if you will be obedient, if you will be faithful and bring your tithe, the first fruits of your increase, if you will, if you will honor God and be obedient and faithful, guess what God will do? He says, Malachi 3.10, he says, test me now. If God won't respond if they, and open the windows of heaven and pour out upon you such blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it and I'll rebuke the devourer. In other words, Malachi is saying, the prophet is saying that when your life on earth is one with obedience and honor and faithfulness, you can take it to the bank. Test, test me it's, it's a provable principle, he says, that heaven will reflect earth. Earth and heaven are meant to reflect one another. Elijah, in his day, presents himself to King Ahab, and he says, Ahab, because you filled the land with idolatry, abomination, perversion, and wickedness, the heavens will withhold their reign until I say so. And he walks out. There were 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah, and the whole land, the whole land was in idolatry. But after three and a half years of seeing prices at the gas pump go through the roof, of businesses shut her down, of no rain, of, after three and a half years, the people began to, and so Elijah said, it's time. It's time for a showdown at Mount Carmel. You bring your 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah and I'm going to represent the Lord. And you present your bull and I'll present my bull. Because let me tell you, what they believe, I believe is a load of bull. And you know what? If you talk to Rachel Madcow, Maddow, if you talk to some of these people, they think that what I believe is a load of bull. All right. Well, you bring your bull, I'll bring my bull. We'll present it on the altar and we'll see which, whichever one attracts some fire, whichever one the fire lands on, that's the true God. Because you can always tell what the real bull because it attracts fire. 
So the Bible says that Elijah puts his bull on the altar, prays once, fire comes down, licks up the water, consumes the bull, and everyone falls on their face. And then he executes the false prophets of Baal, executes the false prophets of Asherah. And then then he, he calls the king. He says, King, you love the perks that come with your privilege. You love the perks that come with your, why don't you go up and do what you do best? Go up to your palace and eat and drink. You, you, you like your position for what it does for you. The people languish. The, the, we have a governor, Governor Mussolini. In, 20, in, 20, uh, in 2016, he got $374 million from the federal government to deal with homelessness. And if you go to California, they've spent that wisely because now we've got more homeless than we've ever had before. Because if you get rewarded for something, you repeat that action. So in 2018, they got $550 million from the federal government to deal with homeless. They don't want to fix the homeless. They don't want to fix it. But if you look at all the people that are in power, they're buying newer homes, larger homes, $25,000 refrigerations with high-end ice cream while people, <laughs> while people are languishing in the streets, homeless, because they care about the perks and the privileges that come with the position. But then it use that. So Elijah just says, Ahab, go up to your freaking palace and eat and drink. So I'm going to go back up here on top of Mount Carmel where I just called fire down because I can hear something. I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound of an abundance of rain. The reason he could hear the sound of the abundance of rain was because he took out he drove out the satanic. He drove out the interference. He got, you, when there's interference, yes. When you're trying to find a radio station and there's interference, he had to get rid of the interference. He had to get rid of the false prophets. He had to get rid of the fake news. He had to get rid of the lies. He had to get rid of the idolatry. He had to get rid of the wit. Once he drove that out, all of a sudden he could hear. And now that the, uh, the land was free from the demonic, the heavens broke open and rain fell on the land and the drought was broken. Because heaven reflects the earth. When we on the earth engage in heavenly activities and war broke out in heaven, heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon fought back, but they did not prevail. I want you to know that God sent this couple, sent this team, you know, equipped and anointed, great people like the Craigs into a battle. It's not just to have church on a Sunday. It's not just to have a holy moly, happy, clappy club, but it's an engagement with an assignment to recognize there is a demon, there are spirits that are trying to rob and destroy people, and our assignment is to go to war. All right, let me give you point three because I'm running out of time. Point number three is some assembly required. Some assembly required, point number three. There's nothing worse than you you, you get your kids a Christmas gift. You're so pumped, you're so excited that you literally take it from the the, the toy store and you run off and you go to, to Naughty Nordstrom's where they do free gift wrapping and you get a wrap before you read on the box. And then the kids, when they're unwrapping, this is awesome. And then you, 
Oh, no. And you look and it says, some assembly required. Yeah, oh, what kind of assembly? And you open it up and, and they're like, Dad, put it together. Dad, put it together. And there's no tools. And then it says, the, the tool to assemble this toy for your children to play with on Christmas can only be found in one place, NASA. <laughs> so you call NASA. And they're like, oh, man, we just sent it to Mars. It's, it's on the lunar rover. It'll be back next year. It's like, oh, I need... Or, you know, batteries not included, and your kids are, you know... Some assembly required. I want you to notice this is Michael and his angels fought. You need assembly. The best time to come to church is when you least feel like it. We need assembly. Moses had a stick that could part a Red Sea. Moses had a stick that he could strike a rock and a river flows out of the rock. But there came a time where, where there was a battle in a valley. With, with, Mo, with Moses' successor, Joshua, he's in, in the valley and the Amalekites have come against God's people. So Moses goes up onto the mountain and he lifts his rod up. But the Bible says the same rod that parted the Red Sea, the same rod that brought a river out of a rock, that same rod, the Bible says it wasn't, there wasn't a fault with the rod, but there was with Moses' arms became weary. But Aaron and Hur stationed themselves on his left and right and they held up his arms till the going down of the sun. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day in the valley. Can I just tell you, for you and I to win this battle, you need other people. You need to be in a connect group. Ladies, you need to get to Cherish. You may say, hey, my life is flourishing. Yeah, but when you go to Cherish, your flourishing life can overflow where you can be blessed to be a blessing, where you can bless somebody else. You can minister to somebody else. You can pray with somebody else. You can encourage somebody else. Men, you need to be in a merge. Well, you know, I'm good. I got No, 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 you need to be there because you may be a strength. You may be able to hold up the arm of somebody who's gotten weary. God's promised them breakthrough. God's anointed them for breakthrough, but they're just struggling right now in just the fatigue, in just the passion in just the weariness of the war, we, some assembly required. Some assembly required. To, to assemble means to engage. I found that in every area of my life where the devil is, is reigning, where the kingdom of God is not present, where there's no peace, the devil is occupying territory. He's occupying territory. Now, how many people know that the Bible says, to as many as received him, to them he gave the authority to be the sons of God. Says that in, in John chapter 1. To all who received Jesus, to them he gave authority, exousia, to be the sons of God. So we've been given authority. Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. So we've got authority and armor. We don't have authority and armor just for fashion. We don't have authority and armor just because God's like, well, I've got to do, I've got to give it to somebody. You guys take it. What? Oh, you don't really need it. I'm just, whatever I want to do, I'll do. Hello. Which is what most people's theology comprises. They get lost in the, well, the sovereignty of God, whatever, Kesarasara. But God's like, no, no, no. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. In other words, if you don't bind it, it'll stay open. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed, released in heaven. In other words, if you don't loose it, it'll remain closed. 
We're waiting on God. God's waiting on you. Your life reflects as much of heaven as your assembly, as your engagement, as your warfare. In this house, we will get you filled with the Holy Ghost so that you begin to speak in heavenly languages. Paul says, I'm glad I speak in tongues more than all of you. Obviously, he says, when I'm in the church, I'm not just going to get up here and for 40 minutes speak in tongues. They're like, wow, that was cool, but I didn't understand what he said. In the church, he said, I'd rather speak three intelligible words that you may be instructed. However, in my quiet time, in my personal time, I spend most of my time praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is praying for you, through you. He's praying for you, through you. Many times I'm praying in tongues and God is shifting things and I'm not even aware of it. And I'll try and help Him by praying in English. And the Holy Spirit, He's always so kind. That's, that's brilliant. I'll take it from here. If I was honest with you, I hardly pray in, in English. I mean, I still do because I buy in this and I go after that. But I spend so much time praying in tongues because the Holy Spirit prays for you, through you. In this, in this house, we'll teach you spiritual warfare. Jesus said, when a strong man fully armed guards his palace, his goods are at peace. But when one stronger than he comes, he must first bind the strong man, take away the armor in which he trusted, then he's able to plunder his goods. What's awakened church's mission? To bind the strong men. And it's not just a strong man, it's strong men over different parts, over Provo, over Salt Lake, over Hiva, over Park City. There are different demon spirits that perch themselves. The Bible says, by the transgression of a land, many are its princes. From the, tra the transgression of a land, many, in other words, wherever there's, wherever there's sin, demons hover there because the sin is outside the will of God. So demons say to God, you can't occupy this. See this? They've set up a Planned Parenthood. So therefore, spirits of death, spirits of Moloch, spirits of Milcom rest there and they have they have jurisdiction because innocent blood is being shed there. So they say to God, you can, so they control that area where you, where you see brothels, where you see all kinds of debauchery, demonic spirits sit there and they oppress and they destroy. And your job and my job is to go, oh, that's too bad. No, no, your job and my job is to recognize that when a strong man fully armed, God, his goods are in peace. But we recognize the goods are human souls. Abraham armed the 318 servants and went after five kings because Lot was taken captive and he rescued Lot. Sodom and Gomorrah rescued them from the... That's our job. Our job, your job, my job is to bind the strong man. Take away the armor in which he trusts because when one's stronger, you know who's stronger than the devil? Christ in you. Christ in you. The Bible calls the devil the prince of the power of the air. So hang on. What's higher than a prince? A king. So if the, the, devil, the devil's never called the king of the power of the air. He's called the God of this world, small g. And he's called the prince, of, but he's never called the king of the power of the air. Because that, 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 that position is reserved for you. The Bible says he has made us a nation of kings and priests. 
We're to traverse and atone in the spiritual realm. But guess what? In the absence of a king, the prince reigns. Where the word of a king is, there is power. When the church becomes like the world, when the church steps back, when the church says, oh, no, we don't want to you know, be divisive. Oh, no, we don't want to take a stand on this thing. We don't want to you know, really speak into that. That's not really out. When the church steps back, the voice of the prince controls the airwaves. There was a battle just a couple of weeks ago in Kabul. It wasn't over the capital. It wasn't over the gold or the oil. Where was the battle? Where was it? The airport. Hmm. Why the airport? Come on, people. Don't let the devil be smarter than the saints. The devil knows whoever occupies the airspace dominates the region. In Sweet Lake City, Awakened Church is determined. Devil, you may be the prince of the power of the air, but a king, but the king of the power of the air is the church of Jesus Christ. And let us tell you, devil, whatever decrees you put in over this city, whatever decrees you've announced over this region, we will, we will, we will subvert those, we will pull those down, and we'll begin to prophesy, and we'll begin to declare, and we'll begin to bind the strong man and pull him down and plunder his goods. We're going to see people set free, lives change. That's our mission. Come on, stand to your feet. I'm way over time. Lift your hands high to heaven. Let me pray a blessing over you. Because I only get here every couple of months, I, I wish, talk to Pastor Matt and They never invite me, do they, Leanne? <laughs> so, you know, I apologize because it's kind of like you get like two months worth of sermons in one. But I promise if you'll, if you'll lean in and catch what the Holy Spirit is trying to say, you will catch something. Your life is meant to look like heaven. If it wasn't so, Jesus would not have taught he would not have taught, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For heaven to be peace, there had to be a war in heaven against evil, unrighteousness, wickedness, rebellion. For that peace, for that rejoicing to be down here. And you will find that every place that has peace, every place that has rejoicing, they have exercised the land of the demonic. They've exercised the land of the wicked. That's why you'll always find throughout history, wherever there's been a great awakening, there's been unprecedented peace and prosperity over that region. Because wherever there was a great awakening, there was a driving out of the devil and his power. But you'll find wherever people... Wherever the church fell asleep at the wheel and the devil was able to come in and set up strongholds, you will find pain. You will find shame. You will find degradation. You will find exploitation. You will find murder. You will find death. You will find uh, human atrocities that are almost too difficult to speak. What's, our, what's God up to? God has given you authority and given you and I armor to go and drive out. Notice it wasn't God and His angels fought. 
Michael and his angels fought in heaven because he's saying, come on, I need my sons and daughters on earth to get up and fight and drive out. Come on, lift your hands high. Father, I thank you for these sons and daughters today. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for the power of God. And I want you to know that any area in your life today, I'm going to stand in agreement with you. Any area of your life, whether it's over your finances, whether it's over your marriage, whether it's over your children, whether it's over your, your, your family, whether it's over your physical body, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke sickness. I rebuke disease. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. Right now, I come against poverty. I come against generational cycles of poverty. I come against poverty mindsets, and I break them in the name of Jesus. I come against addictions and chains that have gripped these magnificent sons and daughters to bring them into slave, slavery of their minds, slave to a substance, slave to uh, uh, an alcohol, slave to to vices, slave to, I break it now in Jesus' name. Father, I speak to any that have sons and daughters who are away from Christ. And I declare they're coming back because salvation comes to them and their household. Devil, we declare you are bound. You may be the prince of the power of the air, but on this day, the King Jesus speaks through his church. The Bible says that Jesus is the head and the church is the body. And the head of the church is Jesus Christ. And we declare today, Jesus Christ, has given us authority to declare things to whatever we bind and we bind you devil and we declare every son every daughter every brother every sister every mother every father who was away from Christ comes back in the name of Jesus we command you loose your grip we command you let them go we break your grip over their life and we release them in the name of Jesus father in my final prayer is anybody here today that has never connected that has never surrendered or those today who once walked with you who slipped away ran away turned away fell away they're away Lord God, that, that they would come back today. There's a handsome man down the front here on my right, your left. Ted, he's holding a Bible, which is God's manual for how to just conquer in life with a following Jesus book. If you're away from God, come and get one of those. You may, you may say, well, I'm away, but I've already got a Bible. Come and get a new one. You may find someone to give it to this week. If you brought someone that you know needs to bring them down. If you once walked with God, but you've slipped away, come back. Or if you've never surrendered, come down. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. We thank you, Lord God, for, for this great church, this great altar. And I thank you, Lord God, that today there's an impartation that literally the testimony is going to be in every single person's life. After church, I went back and I began to take ground. I began to take territory. I love my life. My life is beginning to reflect heaven's will, heaven's purposes for my life because I've learned how to drive the devil out and exalt God in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.